Lisa Damaris. And this is Appraiser Talk, the show where I ask Lisa, the Vice President of Appraisal Issues at the Appraisal Foundation, your appraisal questions. We answer questions from every corner of the appraisal profession, from consumers to appraisers and real estate to business valuation. Welcome to today's episode. Today we are welcoming Larry Disney to the show. Larry is part of the team of subject matter experts who work with the Appraiser Qualifications Board to develop the national exam. Hi, Larry. Thank you so much for being here with us. Good afternoon to you both. It's a great pleasure to be with you and the listeners. Here's our question. It seems like a straightforward one, but I have a feeling that there's a little bit more to it. What is the process for developing the national exam? Well, thank you so much for the question. And let me let me begin by just laying it out now. Uh, this, this is a robust process, and I'm going to be flying it at, at a, a high level. We, can't, we don't have time to break into all of it, but I hope with what I do have, uh, the listeners can get a better understanding of, of how the process plays out until uh, we get it into an exam. So uh, after satisfying the required education and, and experience, it's completion of one of the three national exams, licensed real property appraisers, certified residential, and certified general. And the national exam consists of 125 questions. So people sometimes ask me the question. So we had to we had those 125 total. And in reality, there are 125 questions uh, tested. 15 of those go into a pre-test analysis. Now, folks say, well, goodness, I, uh, why was I tested? This is a pre-test that we kind of do for the purpose of, of getting an example of what, how a question will perform. And at one point or another, it'll either be deleted or, or kept in the exam. So again, the exams are developed to measure the mastery and proficiency of a minimum qualified applicant, and and it needs to be in the uh, subject matter and and the experience. Now, step one of this process begins with a, a very comprehensive job analysis before we ever start looking at the exam. This is created in consultation with meetings of appraiser professionals educators, other stakeholders who demonstrate the uh, necessary objectives for the knowledge, skills, and abilities of real property appraiser applicants. Now, once that uh, analysis is complete and it's passed on to the teams, the job analysis content is used in those three subject matter experts, the licensed, the certified residential, and the certified general to use for those exams. Each team member of a subject matter group, subject matter experts are are having a uh, credentialed, uh, they're made up of credentialed appraisers, they're made up of academicians who are appraisers, and each each one of the folks has a high level of knowledge in, in each specific license category. So the, because there's three levels, you have very experienced people in all three. Now, a team of psychometricians who are contracted by the Appraisal Foundation assist in facilitating the exam writing process. So it's it's an arduous task. Uh, writing an exam can sometimes take as long as, you know, uh, an hour, whatever. You have to research and make sure that you have a meaningful exam question. 
Each team is assigned an AQB member who also works and assists in the overall process. Each exam is uh, developed on a scenario-based knowledge of education and experience. The solutions are not the yes-no, the fill-in-the-blank, uh, true fault. Uh, we have what's referred to in, in, in the development, a STEM, which is a question. We have uh, detractors, which are those, those uh, similar items that could be thought of as being correct, when in reality, they are distractors for what's referred to as the key, which is going to be the actual answer. So taking right from the example that's given on the Appraisal Foundation website, a sample exam question, in the appraisal of cooperative ownership, what property rights are valued? That, that, that is the stem that's given. Well, there's three potential answers that are not going to be correct. Distractors, it's going to be the uh, least fee, the fee simple, and the life estate. Now, the fourth being the key, which is the answer, it's a partial interest. Now, that is, as I said, one of the examples that's given when someone's looking at the exam to see uh, what they're going to need to be able to uh, successfully complete the uh, information. And uh, while that is just one example, every one we build, every exam will be under course topics that are laid out for the uh, job analysis. So when an individual completes, they have the, uh, again, they have the minimum level of information. So they can uh, look at the exam question and find and say, aha, that's the answer. This is a really helpful overview of how the test is developed. But if I've got a couple more specific questions for you too, if you could help me out. All right, go, go right ahead. What source is used for developing an exam test item? Each exam item is supported by a process that's contained within a, a complete bibliography of appraisal text that, that would be available for education. Educators in, in the appraisal education might be using a, a variety of textbooks and not just one, not just a certain one, unlike some exams. Where you, where you look at a principal's procedures manual and, and there's just one book in play. Well, in this one, there's different uh, bibliography references that we use. And, and we have to look at the specific topic and the content. And then each subject matter expert will design questions that are given from, say, the psychometrician says, we need five questions in highest and best use. We would be working on exam uh, content to present at the next uh, overview, and, and we would start there with building a stem, and, and then we would have to also work just as hard on distractors to get the key. So that pretty much is, is uh, where the information comes from. There must be a uh, reference cited. You can't just pull something from the air and and have a question you you have to be able to show verse and page as they say of of where this comes so if you're ever challenged you can say well this was in the dictionary of real estate whatever edition and whatever provider it might have been great and and what process do you use to measure exam reliability and validity 
Yeah, th- this one is is going to be very brief, but it, it gets. I hope it gets the uh, process. A- after each of those questions and each of those uh, distractors and each of those stems are provided, the SMEs work with the psychometrician, and we we sit in the room and take the exam. We we actually do all take the information. And we uh, then do what the uh, psychometrician refers to as an Angoff rating. This method is used throughout academia. And what it does is gauge the difficulty of each item. And and it looks at the uh, information from a minimum perspective of an applicant, not, not somebody that's been out in the field doing their appraisals for years. We're looking at the minimum with education and experience. So the question will not be accepted if it's flagged outside the mean average. Now, that is going to be, and I'm going to use this as an example, each psychometrician, they've got a, a percentage, let's say a, a 0.25. Here, we're looking at less than three people in the entire 10 people taking that exam could pass that, that uh, stem and get the key or the question and the answer. Now, with that, that's getting really, really low, and you don't want it to be so difficult that a minimum person could could not pass this exam. So we do the same thing on the other side, and you look at it and say, if you're hitting a, a 0.95, that means everybody in the room has is probably going to pass, and that, that does nothing to support building the mastery or, or addressing the... Uh, completeness of that person's training and what they're going to be facing when they go out into the appraisal arena. So again, once they've achieved that minimum knowledge and and competency, they pass this exam, we're going to be good to go. So we want it to be fair. We don't want it to be too rigorous at this level because again, minimum and based on experience and, and the education. And keep in mind, a lot of people have different experiences, so we don't want to want to try to master it for one one type or one group that makes sense what what happens if an exam item is determined to not be acceptable yeah after after the uh, process is completed after a couple of days of work each question is flagged for review and it's going to be edited it's either going to be kept after the review or deleted if, if it just can't be or it's not salvageable you can't work on it. You can't spend uh, an hour trying to uh, fix uh, one of the uh, stems and uh, and get it to where it would be meaningful. Uh, if you can't get it to, to where it's accepted by the entire group doing this uh, norming, uh, we're we're just we're going to move on. So uh, it'll it'll either be rewritten or it'll be uh, thrown out. Uh, you know, of contention for that uh, time period. And right now, we have a sufficient uh, exam bank for providing different variations. Like if if an applicant takes the CR exam and they have to uh, come from more than one, two, and three iterations of the exam, there there will not be the same exam going. It, it, It has enough exam bank questions over the year stored up to where you're going to get scrambling within the system how it's set up. So so we have good exam questions right now. 
if they start showing to be a problem somewhere in the future and we start looking at them and say, wait a minute, something's going on. It's performed well here for the past whatever. Now we're beginning to see an issue. There might be something with the education, the changes in uh, methodology or technique. So that that is what we do. We look at it. If it's uh, deemed acceptable, we're good. If not, then we uh, we remove it. That's great. Thank you so much for answering all these questions, Larry. What sources are available if folks want to learn more about the national exam? Thank you. And I, and I think, uh, applaud the Appraisal Foundation for this. There is uh, on the website under the qualifications and criteria, the National Uniform Licensing and Certification Examination. I, I would uh, beg anyone, no matter where you get, receive your education, your experience, Go online and get this information because it's going to give you some very vital information on uh, you hear people say that exam is just so hard. No one ever passes it. Well, you're going to find to the contrary when you go on there and look at the information about uh, over the past history of scoring. And so preparing for the exam. But before you do so, please uh, go on and get the information that's available and there will be some downloads that's, that's very beneficial to help you uh, better understand and go uh, farther than what I have been able to do in a short time today. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us today. We hope you'll tune in each week to Appraiser Talk. You can send in your questions to me at amy, A-M-Y, at appraisalfoundation.org, and you might just hear us answer it in a future episode. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Appraiser Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.